0: Welcome to Strange and Interesting, the podcast about the paranormal, folklore, urban legends, and pretty much anything else that I happen to find strange and interesting. I am your host, Al. This is the 13th episode of this podcast. So of course, this is the perfect time to talk about the folklore surrounding the number 13. This number is often associated with bad luck and misfortune. I'm sure we've all heard stories about people who consider Friday the 13th to be an unlucky day. Fans of the cartoon cat Garfield might recall he lived in fear of Monday the 13th. There is an officially recognized mental disorder describing the fear of the number 13 called... Tradascophobia. This disorder was recognized in the early 1900s by American psychiatrist Isidore Corate in his book, Abnormal Psychology. People who suffer from this condition might show anxiety when confronted by the number 13. It can even influence behavior in other ways. A person living in fear of this number? might refuse to travel or schedule important events on the 13th day of the month. Fear of the number 13 can influence architecture as well, such as elevators labeling the 13th floor as the 14th floor. Some airports will avoid having a 13th gate, and some hotels might avoid having a room thirteen the Wikipedia article on Tradeskaphobia has a picture taken at a horse racing track with three stalls labeled 12, 12A, and 14. Perhaps this is to ease the tensions of the team that needs to keep their horse in that stall. I want to stress that fear of the number 13 is not universal different cultures associate other numbers with misfortune. In Italy, some people view the number 17 as the same way other people view the number 13. In some Asian cultures, the number 14 is considered unlucky because it sounds similar to the word for death. Afghan culture considers the number 39 unlucky and Japanese maternity wards will not have a room 43 because the pronunciation for that number is similar to the word for stillbirth, which is certainly not something an expectant mother wants to think about. There are exceptions to the belief in 13 being unlucky. Musician Taylor Swift is a notable example. According to an article about Friday the 13th on CNN, Swift had this to say about the number 13 in a 2009 interview on MTV. I was born on the 13th. I turned 13 on Friday the 13th. My first album went gold in 13 weeks. My first number one song had a 13-second intro. Every time I've won an award... I've been seated in either the 13th seat, the 13th row, the 13th section, or row M, which is the 13th letter. Basically, whenever a 13 comes up in my life, it's a good thing. It might not be entirely clear as to why people consider this number to be unlucky, though there are many suggestions. Some of them, their validity is questionable. In any case, it is still interesting to look at some of the folklore and superstitions around the number 13. One article I read while researching this episode came from National Geographic and was called Friday the 13th Superstitions Rooted in the Bible and More. The article quoted folklore historian Donald Dosey One paragraph in particular caught my attention. Dosi traces the fear of the number 13, a.k.a. Trisketophobia, to a Norse myth about 12 gods having a dinner party at Valhalla, Norse mythology's heaven. In walked the uninvited 13th guest, the mischievous god Loki. Once there, Loki arranged for Hoder the blind god of darkness, to shoot Balder the Beautiful, the god of joy and gladness, with a mistletoe-tipped arrow. Balder died, and the whole earth got dark. The whole earth mourned. It was a bad, unlucky day. While in Norse tradition the number 12 does have some significance, I am not aware of any ancient superstitions regarding the number 13. Actually, in the modern Norse-Pagan Reconstructionist religion of Asatru, 13 is considered a powerful number because it represents the unknown and the mysterious, things not fit for the weak of spirit or mind. However, I feel the need to comment on Dosi's account of Norse mythology. Just like the claim that Krampus was the son of the Norse goddess hell. From episode 8, I saw the speculation pop up multiple times while researching this episode. I think it is possible Dosi may have confused two separate accounts from Norse mythology and blended them together into a single narrative. The feast he is referring to comes from a poem called Loki's Quarrel. In this poem, the gods are having a feast at Aegir's Hall. Aegir is a giant and the personification of the ocean. Loki forces his way into the hall where he engages in a flighting, or verbal sparring, with the assembled deities. These flightings are actually pretty common in Norse and Germanic stories. A flighting is a verbal sparring contest where the participants will take turns insulting each other. Oftentimes, they'll try to prove that they're the more noble, brave, or heroic one, while their opponent is actually cowardly or ineffective. After insulting almost everyone present, Loki leaves when he learns that Thor is approaching. It is not clear if Baldur is alive at this point, but he was certainly not killed at this event. He is mentioned in verses 27 and 28 in a dialogue between Loki and Baldr's mother, Frigga. These two verses come from the Carolyn Larrington translation of the Poetic Edda. Frigg said, You know that if I had in here, in Agir's Hall, a boy like my son Baldr, you wouldn't get away from the sons of the Aesir. There'd be furious fighting against you. Loki said, Frigg, do you want me to say still more about my wicked deeds? For I brought it about that you will never again see Balder ride to the halls. So while it is certainly possible that it was believed that the gods knew about Loki arranging the death of Balder at this point, It's also entirely possible that the gods may have thought that Loki was essentially smack-talking and maybe talking about something that he's going to do. The Earth didn't immediately turn dark, either. That doesn't happen until wolves devour the sun and the moon at the start of the final battle, Ragnarok. The line about the Earth mourning doesn't take place until after Balder's death. The goddess Hel says she will release Balder from the underworld if all things on Earth cry upon hearing the news of his murder, and most did, with the exception of a giantess named Thok, who was believed to be Loki in disguise. I recall reading in some sources... That the feast takes place after the death of Baldr, but the poetic Edda does not state a reason for why the feast is being held. As far as where it fits into the timeline of the Norse mythic cycle, it is possible it might take place after the death of Baldr, but before the gods realize that Loki was the one responsible for the murder. Snorri's Prose Edda describes how Baldr was murdered. In his account, Frigg made all things swear an oath that they would not harm Balder. Because of this oath, no weapon could harm him, and the gods would amuse themselves by throwing weapons at Balder and watching them bounce off harmlessly. The only thing that was not asked to take this oath was mistletoe. This plant was considered too insignificant to be of any harm. Loki finds out about Baldr's weakness and fashions an arrow or dart out of mistletoe and tricks Hodr into using it against his brother. After Hodor inadvertently kills Baldr, he in turn is slain by his half-brother, Vali. Loki is eventually captured for his crime and bound beneath the earth with a serpent-dripping venom onto him. There he will remain until the start of Ragnarok. Another prominent theory as to why thirteen is unlucky comes from the story of the Last Supper. There were thirteen people in attendance, consisting of Jesus and his twelve apostles. In some traditions, Judas, the traitor, was the last and thirteenth person to sit at the table. However, the Bible does not state any specific order in which the guests were seated. Both of these theories may have given birth to the superstition that if 13 people share a meal together, one of them will die or experience a tragic event in the coming year. While on the topic of meals and the number 13, I came across a website called Europe is Not Dead. It has an article about European superstitions. In France, porcelain place settings the kind that you would break out when you were having company and wanted to make a good impression, traditionally came in sets of 12. So if there was a 13th guest, it meant that person would probably be eating from a mismatched set. Perhaps this would make the unfortunate guest feel like they were being treated inhospitably or that they were not wanted at this meal. The same article points out that in Spain, Tuesday the 13th is considered an unlucky day and treated the same way some Westerners view Friday the 13th. This belief might stem from the Spanish word for Tuesday, which is Martes. I found this interesting because Tuesday gets its name from the Norse god Tyr, while Martes is derived from the Roman god Mars. Both are gods of war and were associated with each other as far back as the first century of the Common Era. The Roman historian Tacitus wrote that Germanic people held three gods in high regard, Mercury, Mars, and Hercules. The three gods he was referring to are the Germanic deities Woden, Tiwaz, and Thuner which equate to the Norse gods Odin, Tyr, and Thor. By this rationale, Tuesday the 13th could potentially be seen as a day of aggression and strife. Several historical events are associated with the number 13 as well. On October 13th, 1307, King Philip IV of France ordered the Knights Templar to be arrested under the suspicion of heresy. Hundreds of knights were tortured and executed. On April 13, 1970, the crew of the lunar lander Apollo 13 heard a loud bang, which turned out to be an explosion in one of the oxygen tanks. Fortunately, the crew managed to return to Earth safely. Computer users in the 1980s needed to worry about a virus called Jerusalem. This virus was programmed to activate on Friday the 13th. It would slow down computers and delete files. There have also been several flights that crashed or went missing on the 13th day of the month. A variety of macabre or superstitious things are also connected to the number 13 a coven was believed to have 13 witches, though in some traditions, a witches' gathering would consist of 12 members plus the devil. There are traditionally 13 steps up to the gallows, and according to some sources, capital punishment was traditionally carried out on a Friday. A hangman's noose was believed to consist of 13 wraps, but in reality, six to eight wraps seem to be more common. The thirteenth card of a tarot deck is the death card, though it should be noted that this card merely represents an end or a transition and not necessarily a physical death. It is also possible that 13 is viewed as unlucky simply because it comes after the number 12 this number has a lot of important symbolism associated with it, such as the 12 months of the year, the 12 apostles of Jesus, the 12 days of Christmas, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 petals of the heart chakra, the 12 labors of Hercules, the 12 signs of the zodiac, and the 12 Olympian gods. In Islam, there are 12 successors of the prophet Muhammad, There are also 12 hours from midnight to noon, and from noon to midnight. There are 12 inches in a foot, and finally, a jury consists of 12 jurors. So with this in mind, we can speculate that the number 12 can be seen as symbolic of order and completeness. What lies beyond that? The number 13, and it represents the unfamiliar, chaos, and uncertainty. All three of these things can trigger feelings of anxiety. To end this episode, I would like to quote an article on the Encyclopedia Britannica. People may also assign dark attributes to 13 for the same reason that many people believe in full moon effects. Beliefs that the full moon influences mental health, crime rates, accidents, and other human calamities have been thoroughly debunked. Still, when people are looking to confirm their beliefs, they are prone to infer connections between unrelated factors. For example, having a car accident during a full moon or on Friday the 13th makes the event seem all more memorable and significant. Once locked in, such beliefs are very hard to shake. And perhaps that is where the fear of the number 13 comes from. It is normal for people to want to make sense of a senseless world. We tend to look for patterns and common factors that might connect events and we try to find meaning in them. The same might be said for numbers and symbols that are believed to be lucky. For example, if you notice that good things tend to happen to you, while wearing the color blue, then you might try to wear an article of blue clothing for important events. In any case, we may never know the true reason why people are afraid of the number 13. But it is certainly fascinating to look at how different cultures around the world associate numbers and symbols with both fortune and calamity. Until next time, everybody, stay strange and stay interesting. You have been listening to a presentation of Point of Insanity Game Studio. Visit us on the web at POIGamestudio.com Follow us on Twitter at POIGamestudio Look us up on Facebook and email us at POI Game Studio at gmail.com.